What's crackalackin' everybody? My new smart guy, Matt Zapali here. Hey, Lynn, to you from Dallas, Texas, and we're back for another episode here of the Millionaire Goals Podcast, a podcast designed to help you think like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire, so therefore you can become a first-generation cash flow millionaire. We're going to talk about a range of topics from faith to fatherhood to finance to fitness. This is your show, Riding Shoddy with me. In the studio is my trainer, my homie from Chicago, relocated to Dallas here in Milton Alvarez. What's going on, brother? Happy to be here, man. You know, the exciting part of um, last week, just want to let you guys know, is response to one of our clips of a topic that a lot of men really resonated with, both positive and negative. And um, Jordan, if you can show my screen here real quick, it was the clip about us encouraging men to have somebody to call. And um, if you guys go back to uh, this podcast from last week, we wanted to encourage men to say, listen, you're not alone. Don't be isolated. Don't be confused. And a lot of men responded to this, saying, hey, I've gotten to where I am today because of the right men in my life. A lot of men also said, listen, I don't call nobody. I just call my mom. I call my brother, who I talk to once a decade. So I appreciate you for this feedback of us saying, you know what, we're hitting a chord with our audience, and we want you to know that as men, our country is the way it is today because of the lack of leadership from men in our homes, in our cities, in our states, in our country. And so the state of the condition of America today is because men don't want to connect. If the country's gonna be heading in the right direction, if your home is gonna be, re is gonna write the ship into the right direction, you gotta surround yourself with the right men. So uh, I wanted to share real quick five signs Matter of fact, let me show three signs to make sure you're in the right environment to grow because the way you start communicating, the way you start evolving, and Milton, I love your feedback on these three points real quick, is oh, you've got to be in a position where either you're growing and evolving and recreating yourself because the opposite is true. If you're not plugged into those environments, you're, you're dying. You're, you're, you know, Martin Luther King said one time, he said, most men die at 25. They just get buried at 65. Mm. You know why? Because they're not around the right men, around associations, the right fellowship to grow. And if you want to be a, a first generation millionaire and have that and have create generation wealth through that and not be behind a laptop, be behind a computer, of course that's important because that's how we work. But if you really want to build a business that lasts, you have to invest in people and people have to invest back into you. So number one, first sign that you're in a millionaire growth environment to help you get to the next level of your life. Number one, you got to be around others that are ahead of you. Milton, what was it like for you to attend the Vault Conference last year? You know, you're making $250,000 a year as a trainer, creating your own coaching company. But what was it like for you to be around guys that are making half a million dollars, seven fifty a million bucks? So, <laughs> intimidating. That's the only word. Okay, but I you're doing use. well compared to everybody back in Bellwood, back in everybody in Chicago. Sure, sure. That's, so your that's family great. family making more money than everybody else. Sure, it's great. So, you know, going back uh, to my hometown or being, my friends and, uh, being around friends and family or just acquaintances who are in the fitness industry as well, being around them where they come to you for advice, where they go to you for financial mm -hmm. advice or just guidance on what the how-tos or the whys or what's next for them or helping them create a structure for their business. It's easy because yep. you feel like you have the influence over them and mm -hmm. they look up to you. Yep. But when you're around dogs who make what you make within a week or you're around people who, you know, you the amount of zeros behind those numbers and behind their names is ridiculously high yep. and the amount of influence that they have yep. It's, it's a different ballgame because mm -hmm. in those situations, you're stuck. At least for me, what questions do you ask? How do you approach them? How do you speak to them? You know, how, do you, how can you connect without seeming like an opportunist? 
you know, because I'm sure for you at, yeah. at least, like I'm always telling, like, yo, man, like you've you've hired me on it as your coach trainer, built up over time to, I guess you can say, private security to your events. <laughs> Because you know you need to be able to have a, a, a corner of people, men and women, but in your situation, men, where not only are they looking out for you physically, protecting you, but also spiritually and mentally, they're looking out for you and making sure that they're blocking these people yeah. out of your life so they don't take advantage of who you are as a person. Yeah, and if you're growing, yeah. if you're in a growth environment, guess what naturally is going to follow finance, yeah. which leads me to my next one. You got to be in an environment where you are growing and also being recognized. You know, Milton, you've seen our conferences, right? Yeah. And the person has been working at their job for 10, 15, 20 years, never been recognized, never been patted on the back. They do one small thing around us, what happens? High fives, recognition, you're on stage, you're talking, and people are like, whoa, I am somebody. Uh, what I'm doing is actually right. You know, men are being affirmed in their actions, and women are being supported in their endeavors too as well. And people feel excited about coming to our offices on, on a, on a twice-week basis. So when you're around people, Milton, right? And you're not only being recognized, but it's also being educated. How important has been that has that been for you? <coughs> being able to have being able to have a combination of both things has been extremely impactful for me personally. Um, it, it's one thing to be in a classroom setting where you're consistently being told what to do, what to think, how to believe, and little to no reinforcement of "Hey, you're doing a great job." Versus being in an environment where not only are you experiencing the energy, but you're feeling the energy, you're seeing the energy. And you have people around you who are very like-minded, who are on the same direction that you're headed. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to be in that environment where you're able to grow um, within yourself, but at the same time being around people who understand the struggle of losing family, yeah. understand the struggle of being booted out of their circles because of what they're trying to do. I think yeah. it's it's that uh, it's that uh, community that you that you have that's going to allow you to grow. But it it's becomes a, more of an easier journey for you. Yep. And the last point I'll share here before we move on to the next topic is if you are in this environment, you find yourself. Getting out of your comfort zone, that's the right environment to be a part of. I remember going to my first chamber of, of commerce meetings and networking and growing my business, shaking hands as a, as a 20-year-old. Uh, uh, and I've evolved. In my 30s, I started working together with professional athletes and talking to lawyers. And I was very intimidated with lawyers and working with lawyers because every time I saw a lawyer when I was in my 20s, it's usually in court because I'm, I'm going through family, uh, 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 family court and going through my divorces and that whole scenario there. And so every time I saw lawyers, usually from a negative standpoint, mm. but re realizing the lawyers, they want to grow their business too. They want to take their finances to the next level. I got intimidated by people that were doctors because I thought it was inadequate because I don't have a college degree. People had an MBA, and I thought they knew more about business than I did. And I learned that they were more academic in their understanding about business, and I was more practicality. This is, because I'm an ex execution guy, I'm actually writing a business, not studying business. And I realized, whoa, even without a college degree, even with a 2.2 GPA, but I had 10, 12, 13, 14 years of experience plugging into that environment, I felt uncomfortable. And guess what I found? I found confidence in being com uncomfortable. So if you're comfortable being in your comfort zone, you're not growing. But if you find confidence in being uncomfortable, you're in the right spot. You're on the right people because you always have to be in a position to recreate yourself. You know, you were at a trainer-trainer conference a few months ago uh, yes. when Patrick but Dave was down here. So we had uh, 2,000 people show up here in Dallas, and uh, Patrick and I were having a conversation um, about AV. You saw, us, you saw us talking, right? I actually actually take a picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because I knew that was an iconic moment because I knew at that moment Patrick was about to challenge me. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted, to, I wanted to keep receipts. And so in the back back there, Patrick's like, okay, so Paul, good job. You're at the income you're at. Your YouTube channel is growing. you got 2,000 people here. How are you recreating yourself? Not pat on the back, not good job, outstanding event. How are you recreating yeah. yourself? It's like, Patrick, when is it ever going to get done? It'll never get done. If you are on purpose, it's never done. So when you're around people and you're comfortable or you're in an uncomfortable environment, you're comfortable being in that uncomfortable environment, how has that helped you? 
Well, one thing for sure, and one thing that I've noticed is growth equals happiness. To me, understanding that progress, progress will always con consistently equal happiness. But many of us assume that the progress is easy, and it's not. It's not an easy thing. It's a hard experience for every single human being. Some people have a great poker face during yeah. the entire journey, but some people don't know how to, how to handle it. Yeah. You know, they see you going through your transitions from who you were to who you are now, and they think yeah. it's an overnight thing, when yeah. in reality it took you 20 plus years to get to your point. But the, thing, the, the reason it's hard is because we're extremely hardwired. Our mm -hmm. subconscious mind is hardwired based on what we experienced growing up amongst our parents, our society, our schoolmates, yeah. what we watch, what we listen to. And breaking that hardwire that we have over time and trying to rec recreate ourselves, recondition yeah. ourselves is part of the actual journey. You will attain happiness which will keep you locked in mentally and emotionally into the journey itself if you understand that you can only attain that through progress itself. Yeah, I mean, why do people go to gyms? Yeah. If, 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 during COVID, home gyms exploded. Why? Because they had no other choice. Yeah. And Peloton took off and Mirror took off, right? But once things are starting to go back and go back to kind of normal, guess what happened to the gyms? The gyms are flooded again. Yeah. And even then, I was asking, hey, Milton, can you just like, crack open the gym so I can get in there so I can work out? Because I didn't want to work out in my garage because that was my comfort zone. My house is my comfort zone. I yeah. don't want to work out in my house. You weren't giving it some energy for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so I appreciate you guys' feedback on that video, and I encourage more of you men to connect with other men. And by the way, I was just in Corona, California, because also I was, I was responding to those DMs. It's me responding to those comments. It's not my team. It's not my staff. It's not a bot. It's not AI. It's me. And this gentleman said, man, I, I tried business. I don't like being around the right people. I, I had a lot of failures in my life. I said, listen, that's why I'm challenging you to connect with people. So, Jordan, if you can share my screen real quick. So I did a workshop in Corona, California last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I challenged him. And guess what happened? He shows up. He shows up all the way on the left. He shows up. He's a nurse. He's an aspiring entrepreneur. He's Filipino. He wants to do more out of life. And Look I challenged him to show up. He drove an hour and a half away from L.A. to come to Corona, California. So, hey, bro, I appreciate you for showing up. I told you I'll do my part. Guess what? You got to do your apartment. These two ladies right here, this is a mother-daughter team. This, uh, this is one half of the twins. So they're excited connecting. She's a single mom wanting to make it happen. Her daughter's looking up to her mom because that's a hero to her. She goes, I'm out of my comfort zone. I want to grow too as well. So I've invited all of them to Las Vegas, August 9th to the 11th. And we're in IG Live last night. We're also communicating on an IG Live last night where I was profiling some of my guys. Mm -hmm. So this is it, guys. This is not just a podcast. We're here behind to be behind a screen, to be in a studio. We want to connect with you that's our promise because that's how we create community. It's how we get you accountable to your goals and to your dreams too as well. So, uh, Milton, what do we have on the agenda for you today? Because I know we got a lot of topics. We got, uh, we got uh, people that say, you know, we should let more fighting in sports. We have more people saying, I have lacking confidence in my retirement. We got people saying, um, I work hard for this pension. I got nothing to show for. Why? There isn't pension guaranteed. Um, we got... Uh, ways to uh, identify a sickness in our society and you uh, you got a topic here in, in your fitness section yeah so my thing is there, is there we can pull it up on your oh sure your okay sure yeah, yeah. is the very first one let's take a look at it it's being able to debunk the fad diets fad diets the fad diets being able to lose weight as much weight as you want on nothing but a mcdonald's menu for years and years and years People have bashed fast food and said, you can't lose weight on fast food. You need to avoid fast food. Stop eating X, Y, Z. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. But in reality, there's a man, 57-year-old man, who ate McDonald's for 100 days straight and managed to lose a great amount what? of weight. What? He lost weight eating McGiddies? And, and he documented this, his entire journey on TikTok. 
57-year-old man documented eating McDonald's for 100 days straight, and I think he was able to drop around 30 to 40 pounds. By the way, hats off to this guy. Most people say, I'm too old to do something, you know, to recreate something. This guy cre- created a TikTok channel yes. at 57 years old. Salute. Great job. So, theoretically... Yes, it's possible eating McDonald's only, but they're obviously there's certain guidelines they need to follow. And and the reason why this is a debunk to the, the fat diets and to the perfect diet is that everything ties into one thing. And it's one thing above all things. Of course, if you have hormonal issues or you have certain underlying issues or illnesses that you need to be able to attend to with a medical professional, you need to understand the one thing that ties into all things is calorie deficiency. But Milton is, is fried food. As long as you're in calorie deficiency, you're fine. But Milton, it, it, it's McDonald's, it's Chick-fil-A, it's this, there's that, it's Chips Ahoy cookies, whatever the case may be. As long as you're in calorie deficiency, you're going to be able to lose the weight you want to lose. But now, there's, there is a such thing of quality of food that you consume versus the quantity. The quality of food really does matter because over time, you're going to feel lethargic, you're going to feel exhausted, your hormones will be out of whack, you're going to look uh, horrible. If you go on a 100-day... I'm actually very curious to see how this man looks right now. But if you go on a 100-day, nothing but McDonald's and not eating foods that are heavily, heavily filled with micronutrients, you'll start noticing your, the aging effects on your face a lot more. Your energy levels will be dropping. I'm curious to see his blood, his, uh, his blood work to see where he's at. Um, so many things do affect the, your health. Now, as far as weight-wise, the fitness aspect, yes, it is very possible to lose weight on any type of food, regardless of what you're consuming, even if it's packaged foods, fast food, fried foods, all the things that trainers tell you to avoid. The, re- the reality is, guys, we're here on physical earth for what, maybe about 70, 75 years on average, and the worst thing that you can do as a human being is to build a negative relationship with your food. The goal for any coach, any trainer watching this, or if you have a trainer, or you have an instructor, or whoever it is that you're following on YouTube or on Instagram or TikTok, is for them to instilling you a negative relationship with food. You should be able to eat a slice of pizza without feeling like throwing up afterwards. You should be able to have ice cream. You should be able to have chips ahoy. You should be able to have a drink without feeling like you committed a sin. Having a great relationship with food will allow you to actually lose the weight or get the result that you want to get. It's about knowing which approach to take, how to, how to, how to take it, and what systems work for you. You know, for Matt, you know, we've done multiple systems. <laughs> he's, he started in the mornings where he's actually yeah. eating bre- a high-protein breakfast, whether it's steak and eggs or whatever the case may be that he has time for in the mornings. And then we, we transferred over to, it was either a carb cycle, and then, you know, he's tried intermittent fasting. So it's about what works for him. The biggest thing for him is make sure his hormones are at peak, make sure his rest is there, make sure he's moving at least three, four times a week, and also making sure that his micronutrients are in his body. And that he's consistently staying hydrated in this horrific heat that we live in. By the way, that's, that's the hardest part for me, bro, is the rest and recovery stuff. Because I'm just like, go, go, go. So it's one thing to be with you at a gym for an hour or two, right? Yeah. But it's really challenging for me to get the sleep I need. And because I think, bro, I, I think I've maybe got four or five hours of sleep. You know, the last five days, and yeah. that's not good. And you've been you've been telling me, but I'm just go go go. So, so, so let me ask you a question because I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business people and people yeah. of your caliber and people who are aspiring to be someone of like you, like you, look up to you and what you say inspires them and it has leverage. You know, you mm-hmm. you have weight to what you say. Yeah. So when I met you, you were in a very low count when it comes down to sleep. <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a top priority list for you. But these recent past years, it's like something clicked in your mind where you said, okay. Sleep definitely is important because I'm starting to feel these effects on my body, yeah. my performance, yep. and my mental health. Yep. So what made it click for you? And the moment that it clicked and you actually started getting more rest yep. in your own way, 
what started changing in your life? So I also supplemented because we're reading this month Mamba Mentality. Got it. And Tim Grover was telling Kobe the same thing. He says, you got you to sleep. Comes, I got to go work. I said, no, bro. Your sleep is another form of working out. It is. So the moment he saw it, he connected it to a workout. He's like, I'm getting some sleep then. Because he's going to attack his workout. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to attack my sleep. And so you coach me on some of the things to supplement, to take. I've uh, included uh, IV therapy, trying yes. to get the vitamins they need for, for, for diet. I do that once, twice uh, a month. I just you know get the IV in there. Uh, uh, infrared uh, therapy and, infrared uh, cryo- and yeah. uh, cryotherapy, cryotherapy. Uh, every other week too as well Yeah, to supplement the, the, the recovery that I, I get. So, and the moment you start implementing these um, these, practic- these practicalities into your life, what difference have you started noticing in your body and your performance in your business and also in your mental health? So you remember when our first workout, you had me say, get on your knees and, 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 uh, and try this exercise? Yes. And you had to put a pad underneath my knees because it was like the moment it hit my knees, the, the patella tendon, the, yeah. that, the, the, 2019. The, yeah. ti- the, the tibia tuberosity, the top yeah. of my shin. Sure. I was screaming, right? Right. Oh, I, I've noticed I've been taking pictures lately with the team and I'm on my knees just like, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cool. So a lot of the scar tissue, a lot of the stuff started getting out. A lot of the inflammation started getting out of my body. Remember, I was heavy on gout medication. I'm no, I'm no longer taking gout medication. I might have a little tension here and there, but gout doesn't flare up anymore. So By the I, way, that's a big milestone for a lot of people who suffer from gout. That's a very big milestone. And for those of you who are watching this, who have a situation, you know someone, there is hope for you out there. Yeah, that's I very mean, big. Gout man. was like freaking painful as crap. I was like, I can't, I can't. It's like it took me two weeks to recover from gout. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, and then all the drugs you take, and and then you, you, the drugs you take, the side effect is you know you got massive diarrhea, <laughs> you got massive diarrhea, just blowing it up. Yeah. But that's the side effect of the drug because it's flushing everything from your system. And that's when you stop taking the drug is when you finally have diarrhea. That's by this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nasty. Sorry guys, but uh, you know, just having a situation. Situation. <laughs> you shouldn't be in that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. On on. Uh, so let's let's uh, switch. Let's switch topics here. Um, non-retired Americans' expectation for a comfortable retirement are the most pessimistic they have been since 2012, filing 10 percentage points since 2021, including five points in the past year. At the same time, retirees who are currently retired in the U.S. broadly continue to report that they have enough money to live comfortably. So non-retired have no confidence. Those that are retired right now, somewhat confident. Here's the thing. I hate that word retirement. I despise the word retirement. The word retirement was created in 1935 by President FDR when he introduced the Social Security system. He basically said, this is your retirement age. So when you're done with your job, you can now shift to Social Security. And so I've always loved the word financial freedom, but not retirement. Why? Because as I'm referencing the Bible, I've been cross-referencing, okay, Lord, when did you want me to retire? What's, What's the word retirement? I can only find one word, retirement, which is translated, and leads me back to Leviticus, where the, Le- the Levit- Leviticus was the, uh, the, um, the Levite tribe, was the pastors, the, the worship leaders of the, the tribes of, of Israel. They're the ones that were supported by the other tribes financially to contribute to their, their well-being, so therefore they go out and preach and, and, and worship, uh, and, and lead a worship service. So the older Levites, the older pastors, were to quote-unquote retire, but they weren't there to just kind of chill out and hang out and watch TV and, and go travel the world. Their job was to now go teach the younger generation how to be a pastor for the next 20, 30, 40 years ahead. That's retirement according to the Bible. So it's not to, 
hang out, relax, send out a pile of money, have no impact and have no influence, is to go act, have a massive influence to the younger generation ahead. So uh, let's take a look at this Gallup poll. Uh, if we can look at my screen. So this Gallup poll, Milton. So Americans' outlook for retirement has worsened. Okay, a couple days ago, Milton, they, uh, they increased the interest rates again by another quarter point. Um, the irony here too as well is that 43% of retired adults expect financially, uh, uh, 43 of non-retired adults expect financially comfortable retirement. Uh, men, co college graduates, upper income, uh, young retirees, most optimistic. So let's take a look at this graph. So this has dropped. Most people are feeling less and less comfortable with retirement. Here's the thing too as well. I go down here at the bottom. The, the non-retirees outlook by gender, age, education, and income level. The least comfortable, because we fit in this category, Milton, the least comfortable, according to this Gallup poll, of the least confident for retirement are, are men um, with no college degree. Are the least confident. I fall in this category. You fall in this category. Many of our audience falls into this category. Now, you went to college, but you didn't finish. Yeah. Many of our audience is in this category. So our solution to this is to find skills that will let us to be confident. And uh, uh, let me further support this. Uh, let's go to this next one. Because about six in 10 retired adults, 59% report that Social Security is a major source of their retirement income. So here's the flip side. Eight, let's take a look at my screen here. 88% of Americans don't trust that Social Security will fund comfortable retirement study shows. So many people are there. Like, remember you get your first job? You got your gross pay and then you got the net pay, right? And you're introduced to Uncle Sam. Yeah. yeah. Because part of that gross pay to net pay, they take money out for, the income tax pay for, Social Security. So in other words, many of you are potentially funding a system that you may not ever get any benefit from. Potentially. And if you're looking at Social Security, some, some of the uh, details here, nearly 9 in 10 88% said it's critical to have another source of guaranteed income beyond Social Security benefits in order to retire comfortably, according to a new survey from an insurance company called Allianz. This survey of 1,000 adults conducted in March and released in April 10 found that roughly three quarters, 74% respondents say they can't count on Social Security benefits when planning their retirement income. So let's kind of table retirement for a minute, okay? Are a lot of people today, do you think a lot of people today are saving for retirement? Do you think a lot of people today are more paycheck to paycheck today now more than ever before? Definitely more paycheck to paycheck. So let me ask you a question. You're a trainer. A lot of people sometimes think that's a luxury. Yeah. But you're, you're booked more now than ever. Yeah. You're being flown across the country. You're busy more now than ever. Who are, if you were to give us a breakdown of your clientele, what percentage would be employees and what percentage would be entrepreneurs? Let's just say I only had 10, uh, 10 clients. Only one will be an employee. There you one. go. I so nine employee. are entrepreneurs. Yes, and those and that 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 employee is an employee who's been in the in their industry for about 20, 30 years, cracked maybe the hundred fifty hundred fifty thousand dollar mark after maybe the first 10, 15 years of being in their industry. So that's one person. Yeah, one person. So whenever I need a little refresh, reset button, you know, to get away from the the entrepreneurial side of uh, things that I do with people, I go to the to the uh, to the employee because it's a different psychology between you guys. Okay. Is entrepreneurs and, and, and employees, yeah, and employees believe in rest, and employees give you grades, and employees say, "Hey, you should probably get some rest, Milton. It's fine," or say, "Hey, maybe you should take a vacation. You shouldn't worry about this. You shouldn't worry about that." Wow, they're more laid back. Now I start working with the entrepreneurial side of people. 
and I see them going and bustling and hustling and you know trying to get to the next to the next to the next to the next, it's more of like fuck. All right, I guess I have to I have to follow this trail too because yeah. I know I want to go down that same path. But now I hang out with the employee, and it's like okay, I, I can put my guard down for a little bit. But here, I'm gonna stay stuck. Here, I, any person in their 30s doing what they love to do, quarter million dollars, a little bit more more than that, is like shit. I'm set. I'm done. And employees, I'm like, yeah, you're set. You're done. What are you doing? Yeah, relax. You're making Stop more working. money than your family. Yeah, anybody you ever relax. Yeah. Everyone here is like. So what's next? Ah, what's next? There what you, you go. What, what are you leaving behind? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for that? Like for Matt, during COVID, when everything shut down, everyone else was like, dude, furloughed, cool. You know, the government's going to help us. You're good. Just chill at home. Do whatever the hell you want. Let's have a good time. Let's take a road trip. Matt's like, you're going to depend on the government or are you going <laughs> to build your business? And I'm like, I kind of want to depend on the government because I want to relax. I'm tired. It's awesome stimulus check. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm great. Unemployment I'm here. Great. Let's go. Yeah, I'm chilling at home, doing nothing, and I'm making money. He's like, well. Do you really want to be known as that guy? And then he, you know, fucking hits you in the ego. Hits you, hits you pride. I'm like, all right, you're right. Fuck. But these people here are gonna drive you to become yeah. to step out of what you're comfortable in. These people here are gonna challenge your hard wiring of what you what you yeah. know. The person here is gonna say, hey, it's cool. Just be yeah. who you are. We love you regardless of what you do, what you are. Yeah. I prefer this side. There you go. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. For those of you who are watching this, live or replay, do you want a great life? Do you want to enjoy some of the best things the life can bring? Do you want to travel the world? And when you travel the world, you're not staying at the motel too. <laughs> you, you travel in some of the nicest areas and stay in a good spot. You can hire a guide in Egypt. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we, we, like, would you want, did you want to tell everybody where you're going for your birthday this year? Yeah. Jerusalem. Man, Jerusalem. man. I six, love it. A six-day trip to Jerusalem, man. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Going to the Holy Land. Hopefully they don't get kidnapped. See, an entrepreneur thinks that way. What's my next goal? These are some attributes. So let's talk about it. Let me, let's look at this article. Uh, Jordan, can we take a look at this? Most rich people build their wealth how? Not with stocks. As no entrepreneurs, shit. not with stocks. No shit. They build their own business. You know, um, you know let's, let's stay. Let, let, me go, let me go to this picture right here. Let me go to uh, one of my favorite pictures I took um, last year. Let me take one of my favorite pictures I took last year. You see that um, dick pic? Which one? You see that dick pic? Which one? Which, dick, have, which dick pic? I don't have a dick pic. I don't have a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where, where is this pic? I took with a, a Goldman Sachs advisor. Um, where is it? Um, anyway, I was, I was having a conversation with John. Um, yeah, look at, look at this guy. Uh, look at that guy. Back in the day, man. Uh, we were doing Toys for Tots for the Marine Corps. Uh, the kid was... Just look, I look, I kind of look shell shocked there, man. Man, that's literally Ruben, man. I just <laughs> that's Ruben. <laughs> that's my son. But uh, I, I can't, I see, can't seem to find it. But uh, I took there right, it is. right there. Okay, bottom right here. Yeah, yeah. I had a picture with this guy. I took a picture. I had lunch with this guy. Works for Goldman Sachs. And he's like, Matt, listen, uh, you're about to become a client of ours, but we need ten million dollars of liquid cash. Mm -hmm. oh, shit, bro, I need to, I need to build up my bread because I want Goldman Sachs to start being my my wealth manager. Sure. And. Uh, I said, when I come up with my $10 million of liquid cash, how soon can you flip my $10 million to $20 million? Right? Because you got access to all the who's who, you know, the, some of the best deals in the country come, to, come through guys like you. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, you got Schwab, you know, you know, JP Morgan, et cetera, so the, the wealth managers, right? And he says, Matt, listen, let me, let me manage expectations for you. Let me just pump the brakes real quick. You got to where you're at, not because of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, insurance, et cetera, et cetera, real estate, whatever. You got to where you're at because you invested in yourself. You invest it into your business, you invest it into your skills, you scale that. I would trust that more 
than expecting a guy like me to passively increase your 10 million to 20 million. You can double your 10 million faster to 20 million than depending on a guy like me, Goldman Sachs. No, notice a guy of that caliber working for that type of company. Psychologically, like <laughs> think about it this way. He's looking out for you, yeah. for the client, versus yeah. someone who is in the same industry he's in, mm-hmm. just not that not that caliber, yeah. not been around that long, and not for that kind of company, who's maybe starting at the bottom. Mm-hmm. What, they, what, what are they gonna say? They're gonna, they're gonna look out for themselves. Sure. They're gonna wanna take your money. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you, they say, fuck it, whatever, we, whatever you wanna give me, yeah. give me, and I'll make it happen. They'll over-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. A man like that looked out for you, so he under-promised and he over-delivered with yeah. what he's trying to do for you. Yeah. Because he, he looked out for you and your best interest. Jordan, let's take a look at this list real quick. So how do rich people build their wealth? Jeff Bezos? Built Amazon. Bill Gates, Microsoft. Bernard Arnault, everybody buys his uh, Louis, Louis Vuitton gear. B- build it, building luxury brands. Zuck, Facebook. Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway is an investor. Larry Ellison, Oracle. We went out to Hawaii, bro, on, uh, in Maui, right across Maui. We took a picture. Behind us was a con- uh, country, an uh, island called Lanai. Yeah. That's his island. Lanai. <laughs> he owns that island. Shit. Right? Steve Ballmer, Microsoft. And what did Steve Ballmer purchase because of the racial comment made by the former uh, owner of the LA Clippers? Remember uh, the guy's girlfriend, uh, uh, she recorded her boyfriend uh, talking about some racial comments? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. he had to sell his team. By the way, that situation made Michael Jordan on paper a billionaire. Yeah. Because they had to reappraise all the NBA teams. Because I'm not going to sell my team unless I have a full appraisal. I want to know what my team is worth. Not because I made a racist comment. I'll sell it, fine. But appraise my team. Yeah. They did a full appraisal on all the NBA teams, and everybody's value went up. Jordan became a billionaire because of that move. And uh, anyway, Steve Ballmer comes in, buys the LA Clippers from from that guy. Wow! And how did he create his wealth? Being a right hand man to Bill Gates in building Microsoft. So the point is, Larry, Larry Page, Google, Sergey Brin, Google, Patrick Bet David, PBD built PHP. Mm-hmm. And today, not only did he sell it for a few hundred million dollars, but now he's a new minority owner of the New York Yankees. Yep. How? Because he didn't invest in stocks, money, mutual. Now, with that being said, did I say don't invest and save money? I didn't say that at all. Because what's the reality? These guys made money, they talked it away. They made money, talked it away. Made money, talked it away. And then when an opportunity came up, it had that capital, boom, they went in. So Patrick was saving from 2001 to 2009, saved a half million dollars inside his life insurance policy. And then when push came to shove, they weren't going to give him equity ownership of, uh, of the company he was at. He said, well, fine, I don't want to start my own company, but I will. If I'm going to bring you guys a lot of business and you don't give me equity ownership over here, I'm going to create equity ownership for everybody else that wants that too as well. And guess what happened? 2009, he started PHP. Funded and financed it, not through asking loans, but through his half million dollars in his life insurance policy. And guess what? 2022, June 27, 2022, that half million dollar investment to himself became a few hundred million bucks in return. You said from 2001 to 2009, mm-hmm. many people don't see that, that he had to work his ass off, figure out ways from 2001 to 2009 to save up that money in order to In his 20s. Invest. In his 20s. In his 20s. Exactly. Because he started PHP when he was 30. Yeah. So a lot of people don't see the sacrifice. You know, listen, we always say this, temporary sacrifice, but permanent, you're looking for permanent happiness. Yeah. And so most people, especially during the summer, they're going to take off, you know what you're saying, take off, chill, vacation, blah, 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 blah. I always say the two things that make people broke the most, two things. Number one is this fallacy of called vacation. They sell you on, you deserve a vacation. But listen, if you find out work that you love, 
and you find purpose in your life, you'll never have to work again. You'll be working on purpose. Now you have to make a living. There's yeah. a difference between making a living. But you'll be on purpose. And the other part that I think people get ripped off on a lot is selling people on holidays. Valentine, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving. Black, why, why do you think they call it Black Friday? Because for 11 months, those retail stores are in the red. And they sold you on Black Friday and discount everything, so therefore everybody can go shopping on Black Friday to buy everything. And guess what happens? They're now in the, now they're, they're in the black. Yeah. And so we get ripped off because we look at things as a consumer. Mm-hmm. And the way an entrepreneur looks at the world is, if I'm going to spend money, how do I get two, three, four, five back? Consumer said, let me just have fun. Like right now, all these Taylor Swift concerts, Swifty, right? <laughs> You a fan? Did, did, bro, did you see what is going on with Taylor Swift? By the way, I, this is not even on topic, but, but Taylor Swift tickets right now, th- she's expected to bring a billion dollars of revenue to the cities, collectively, to the cities that she's touring. Yeah. A ticket, nosebleed, 750 bucks. To get two tickets, $1,400, $1,500. And they're selling out. So what, what, what's my point? My point is people, sadly, don't buy what they need. They buy what they want because they get sold into entertainment, they get sold into distractions, they get sold into things that really don't matter, because you spend three, four, five thousand dollars to be a Swifty and go to Taylor Swift concert, great, you're entertained for those three, four, five hours, but who are you the following morning? What do you have to show for? Outside of some social media posts, outside of you taking a selfie at, at a concert. You know who I think should get royalties? Are all the guys who ended up breaking those girls' hearts? Who made them relate to Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift songs? So all she sings are heartbreak songs. Is that right? That's all. Well, from my understanding, I, that's I, all I, she I, sings. I, I got you. Good. That's, that's all she sings. Well, so good all for these, her. You see, you see all these women on TikTok singing along to these songs yeah. and going back and forth with this. And there's women on TikTok breaking up with their boyfriends on FaceTime during the Taylor Swift concert as they're singing a song. They're dedicating a whole song to that guy while they're on FaceTime breaking up with them. Wow. So men out there, men, men are the reason why Taylor Swift is going is becoming rich and why she's pulling all these tickets. Men are breaking hearts. Women are going to Taylor Swift concerts. They can relate. Because she hasn't been able to hold down a relationship for a very, very long time. I mean, that, not, not that I want to get into it and speak back about Taylor Swift. But for her, she's making that kind of money. Mm-hmm. It all started off with the song that yeah. she wrote because she was heartbroken. And that's where it started. By the way, more power to her. You know why? Yeah. The way, here's my takeaway from that. She turned her pain into profit. Yeah. She, right? So she created some of the... By the way, what does country music do? That's the same, same shit, yeah. right? Country music, they, uh, it's about, the girl broke up with me, I'm loving my dog and a beer. That's, that's country, that's, and I'm a pick up truck. Yeah. That's, uh, that's country music. So, so if you're looking to say, Matt, how do I become confident? Well, I can't say with confidence that you're going to get financially ahead and retire with confidence by being an employee. That's it. Now, some of you that wants to listen to the, uh, the Susie Orman audience and the Dave Ramsey audience, knock yourself and want to be debt free, but after you're debt free, cool, then what? Yeah. You know, invest in an S&P 500 mutual fund, 10% of your income. But if 10% of your income is, like, say, 30, 40, 50 grand, and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you barely save 10% of your income, and you want to you know, tithe, and you want to be a, a charitable, uh, a, 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 a kingdom builder of your church, but it's unlimited income. You know, oftentimes, we're, our guys see clients on a, on a daily basis. We do two workshops a week. People in their 30s and 40s, okay, great. I, I, I've got it in my mind now. I want to start saving money. Can I be a millionaire by saving 150 bucks a month? What? Fuck. 150 bucks a month at 30 years old, you should have been doing that at 14. Yeah. Not at 34. You should be saving $1,400 a month. Now, we did, we, we did a segment here earlier about what it really takes if you're in your 30s, if you want to become a, 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 a cash millionaire, not a cash flow millionaire, but cash millionaire, so therefore you can draw 4% of, your, uh, of that income from your savings. That's one way to do it. But the way we've done it, 
Milton and I has done it, the way Patrick Bedeva has done it, and everybody we're starting. And by the way, we're so excited to be in Las Vegas, August 9th through the 11th, in Las Vegas for our annual convention. Why? Because we're going to have 10,000 plus people there. They're doing the same very thing, not trusting a J-O-B, which is fine. By the way, if you have a job, knock yourself out. You better kick ass at your job. If you suck as an employee, you're going to suck as an entrepreneur. Honor your boss, honor your commitments. But if you say, you know what, let me make a business decision and go in business for myself, I'm going to honor my family, I honor my dreams, my goals, my hopes, my purpose, put yourself in the right growth environment. What would, what would you say are like three, three steps people can take to say, if they make a decision today, like, you know what, I want to go into business for myself. What are like three things to look out for? Find, uh, 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 look out for? Look uh, out for or do. Yeah, so I look for somebody that's been there, done that, is living the life I want, and actually is not just talking about it on social media because it's very, you know, you can sit, you can sit here, I'm, I'm a guy who's like, invest in real estate, invest in real estate, invest in real estate, right? And buy my course. Right, and I went. I went to his workshop in Chicago. This is maybe mid two thousands, early two thousands. Great, I bought your course. Can you show me? The, can you show me the five, ten, fifteen, twenty properties that you've purchased and flipped and, and shorts, whatever case may be? Show me the examples of how you've executed on this education that you're selling. You know what he said? I'm about to do my first one. What are you talking about? So you're selling me theory and education, but you actually haven't sold practicality. Yeah. That's where a lot of people get hung up on these fake gurus. Hmm. So find somebody that's been there, done it, and can show a body of work that there's the good times and the bad times that they're still succeeding in their in their entrepreneurial methodology. The second thing I'll be looking for is who can I rock with? Who has the same mindset? Who's my running buddy? Kind of like a gym buddy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like Milton, if I go to the gym, I don't have you there, I don't have a gym buddy, I'm bored at the gym. I won't push my limits. I just like, oh, okay, right? That's why I went up to the gym. I either record myself and send it to you or I FaceTime you because I feel like there's a sense of accountability. Right? And the third, the third area too as mm-hmm. well, if, if you want to step off and become an entrepreneur, find an industry that by default is a wealthy industry. So therefore, if you do make money, it's a lot of money. You know, for example, the insurance industry, we're a $50 trillion industry. Just in retirement planning alone, it's $22 trillion. Life insurance annuities, another $23, $25 trillion. And speaking of which, let me just show you this video of a guy here that sadly worked 30 years, never ventured off. Maybe it's presented opportunity, but for a reason, never was either exposed to or made aware or followed through if he was made aware on a business decision to improve his family life because he depended upon the company to take care of him for the rest of his life. Of his life. Because that's what pensions do. They say, companies say, you work with us, like in the military, 20 years of your life, or a company's 30 years of your life, Give us the best years of your life. It will take care of you for the rest of your life. That's called the pension. Well, this guy had some very difficult news. Let's take a look at this clip. 30 years working for his company. So now we gotta do this shit again. So all I have to say is this. You gotta do shit again. Nobody tell me. Nobody here tell me why I get emotional. Why do you talk to me? This part is fine. Fuck it. That's fine. You don't know where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? I'm an asshole for this motherfucker. Exactly. I'm here 30-something motherfucking years. I agree you. 30-something fucking years. I agree you. Something ain't got no motherfucking pension. I agree. And nobody tell me to calm my ass down. I agree you. 30-something years. I agree you. Think about that, bro. Think about how think about how pissed off he is. How pissed off will you be, man? Thirty years working my ass off for one company, sacrifice time, family, children, holiday, sacrifice so much, barely making ends meet, emotional, 
mental fucking at home because you because you can't provide the amount of support that you want for your family. Kids missing out on things because you can't afford it, trying to pay bills. Or I don't know his situation, but I would assume he's I would assume that he's one of the main breadwinners. And then just someone say, "Hey, man, ain't got it. You don't got, you don't got it no more. Sorry." See that's see when I when I saw my father get laid off at fifty eight years old. That's what I knew. I can't work for somebody else. I was still in the Marine Corps. I don't. I, I couldn't barely spell. I couldn't barely spell the word entrepreneur. But I knew I couldn't work for somebody else. I saw my dad and I saw what he did to my dad. Mm-hmm. The lack of confidence he had. The lack that my mo- he was. You know, my mother was a nurse, so she had a solid job. But the lack of I don't know dignity maybe that was stripped from my dad. Maybe that's perhaps why he had a heart attack to begin with. And so if you're if you are out there, so listen. I want confidence. I, I want to bet on something. My encouragement to you, you bet on you, man. You bet on your hands. And even though, let me ask you this dumb question. Let's say you go off on a business venture. You're learning, you're grinding, you're acquiring skills. But for 11 months, you make $0. 11 months, you make $0. But that 12th month, you make $100,000. Was it worth it? Would be yeah. worth it. Yeah. What happens if you quit the sixth month, though? <laughs> what happens if you quit the 11th month? You'll never see that $100,000. And that's where a lot of people are. They're right there. You know, the, the, the whole Acres of Diamonds uh, mm-hmm. uh, story. The people are right there. And so, that might be my third point. Find an industry, make a lot of money in that you, have to acquire, you don't have to acquire a lot of inventory. That's how you could set off in learning your business. By the way, we're here in Dallas. We're in Jerry Jones land, right? Dallas Cowboys land. Everybody knows him in oil and gas. Everybody knows him as the owner of, of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But he had his first job to build the sales skills, the confidence as a young man, selling insurance. Go figure. A lot of people don't know that. Cool. Um, you got some videos here. You want to uh, also? I wanted to take tie. A look at. I wanted to tie it in with your video on why men don't seek out after marriage. Okay. And then I want to go to the video that I uh, told Jordan about right afterwards. So let's let's take a look yeah. at um, an issue that um, sadly um, we've been encouraging people to rethink this. Here's a video of a reason why men don't want to get married. What's the incentive? What's the Benefit mm. for a man to get married. Let's take a look at this video. Men don't want to marry anymore because the risk outweighs the benefits. There's a risk that comes with marriage that essentially only benefits a woman. A man marries you and can only hope that one day you don't wake up and say, I feel like I don't love you anymore and I want to leave and you can't do anything about it. According to ASA, 70 to 80% of divorces are initiated by women. Among college-educated women, it jumps to 90%. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy? I mean, a lot of us women don't have anything a man actually wants that we can bring to the table. Wow. <laughs> she was sharing some of the women's secrets right there. But let's, let's qualify that last thing. She was, we, a we lot of women don't, don't have what a lot of men actually bring to, bring bring to the table yeah. outside of physical yeah. situations, right? So is she talking about like a career or money or, or, or? Well, yeah, because if you think about it, when women acquire, when men are being acquired for them and trying to get into a relationship, it's does he have a stable job? Mm-hmm. Does he bring money to the table? Is he good looking? Is he tall enough? Is he fit enough? How's his credit score? What kind of car does he drive? Is he a family man? Does he have kids? Is he broken? Is mm-hmm. he a narcissist? All these damn checklists. And for the men, it's mainly, usually, for the younger guys, it's like, is she hot? Does she have a nice ass? <laughs> you know, the, the physical attributes. The physical aspects. Right. That's the first thing we pay attention mm-hmm. to. Women, sure, we get they get attracted to us by our physical, by our physical, but then it's more in depth of like money, career, future, stability. Men, it's nice ass, nice clothes, nice face, no game banger teeth. You know what game banger teeth are? 
Uh, teeth are so crooked that they're, your teeth are thrown off gang signs. <laughs> Game banger teeth. They're, they're, that's for me. I, I need a woman who has nice, nice teeth for me personally. Right? But then that, that happens. And it's like outside of the ass, outside of the physical aspect, what else is there? Yeah. So that's why you need to be able to, as a man, as a young man, or men who are in their older age who still haven't found someone, you need to be able to ask the right questions of what it is you want. There's right. no clarity. That's why men are looking for just the, the, the superficial things because there's no clarity on what it is you want. There's no clarity on what it is you need for your future that will align with you to where you're headed. A man without purpose will definitely not know what he needs in his life. He's going to chase after the, sh the short-term things like sex and just, you know, uh, short-term, you know, just living your life. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I'm curious for the audience here, the Millionaire Goals, Millionaire Goals podcast, do you believe in marriage? And are you male, female? The Millionaire Goals podcast believes in two genders, male and female. Uh, do you want to get married? Do you want to settle down? And what does marriage mean to you? Please put in a comment section below. What does marriage mean to you? Because if you don't know what marriage means to you, then why get married? Correct. If you don't know what the outcome is of getting married, why get married? Because everybody else is doing it? Because that's the thing to do? But what does it mean to you? What it meant to me was being able to create family, to create new leaders of the Sapala last name, to continue the lineage of our DNA, to continue to live, to make our last name mean something. I wanted to make sure that uh, as a person that's following the Bible, I wanted to make sure that I follow the reasons why men and women get married, outside the procreation, obvious type of thing, but how do I use our lives to be purposeful as citizens in this country, to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven? How do I evolve that? Well, I can't do that just by myself. I need to create children that will help me multiply that. So a lot of folks here, uh, let's, let's take a look at this uh, uh, Pew Research. College-educated millennials most likely to be married. Okay? So, so you know, there's conversation. This is an ongoing dialogue and debate, but I will say this, a lot of the laws are in favor of the women. For example, a man builds it, she comes along, gets married, uh, I think Tiger Woods' girlfriend, uh, they were together for a period of time, now she's suing him for $30 million. That's why even guys, like the legal system is, has got policies and laws that favor women at this point, and it's not reciprocal. So. Uh, um, for example, what's going on today with uh, sexual harassment and all, all these different things. This, uh, there's a lot, of, lots of times there's stories of a man gets around the wrong woman, just boyfriend, girlfriend, and she, she claims, she cries wolf, right? And he loses his NFL career, he loses millions, and come to find out years later, she is lying. Yep. She is lying. So does she pay him back for losing the opportunity to become a professional athlete? Does she go to jail for lying? and put in the whole police force. For example, the, uh, the young lady in Atlanta that was missing, mm -hmm. right? Come find it was a hoax. Yeah. Now she's what? Now she's probably on the hook for $100,000 of, of legal fees and mm -hmm. de detective fees for following up on a, on a hoax. So let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. You've uh, encountered this in your past and you've been around enough men where I'm sure you've heard some horror stories in the military and even after that and now in, your, in the career that you're in. Why do you, why, why do you think that the system, right? I don't want to sound like a woke person saying this, but why do you think the system um, is so for women and so against being able to help the men out? A lot of these politics, we got to protect the women, we got to protect the women, we got to protect the kids, et cetera, et cetera. But also at the same time, it also demasculated the man. 
And for example, when I was going to court for my stuff, here I am, got a job, had a business, I was taking care of my responsibilities, but the court tells me when I can spend time with my kids, this is my, my kids, not, it's yeah. not the court's kids. So that whole process there, so you need to talk to your politicians. These, some of these things need to be repealed. Some of these things need to be, in, in terms of, of, I guess, equality, things need to be tilted also into the favor of men. Remember the video we did a couple weeks ago where she was, I do nothing, I just stay at home, I just live with my mom, mm-hmm. remember? Yeah. And he's the one working, yep. and the judge had enough of it, so we need more judges like her. Yeah. So you know what, fair is fair, you're a bum, and he's doing his part as a man provide, and you're just living off of it. And by the way, it's child support, not ex-girlfriend or ex-wife support, yeah. it's, it's child support. So there's a lot of those laws that are tilted, and we need to hire the right people and vote in the right people that was go- that's going to, uh, he has to turn things around that way because, oh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, finish. Uh, because, point, yeah. for example, I think communication today, we're talking about people are connected today, but they're not communicating. So, uh, can you take a, can we take a look at this video here? This guy's going out with his boys. He's obviously in a relationship. Yeah. And then he gets his text before he's going to go hang out with his friends. Let's take a look at this clip. Yeah. And then we'll follow it up with the other yeah. one. Over. Right? He's going out. He's his boys. God. Look at that. Long ass text. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can you play it one more time, Jordan? Uh, with, right, he's going out. Well, with his boys, long ass text. I've been there, man. Huh? I've been there. Look at that. I've been there. You look at your, you look at your phone. You're going with your boys, trying to, you know, get away from everything. Whether you guys are in a good state or in a bad state, you're hanging out with your guys. You know your intentions are bad. Mm. For some guys, some guys aren't bad. But you're, you're in, at least my intentions were bad. You go out that night. You want to have a drink. Just hang out with the guys. No family, no parents, no girlfriend, fiance, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're there, you know. During this time, I was engaged. So for me, it was more of, hey, we're together a lot. Go have fun. Do your yeah. thing. Yeah. Go out with the girls. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to respect me. You know I'm going to respect you. Mm-hmm. Kind of asking for permission, but at the same time, like, hey, I'm just I'm letting you know I'm doing this, but I'm letting you know way in advance. Yeah. Two weeks in advance. I'm letting yeah. you know way in advance. Yeah. Cool. We're cordial. That same day, for some reason, coincidentally, I did something wrong. We ended up getting into in, 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 in a fight. Gotcha. Now the night comes. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. She's like, wait, you're still going? Yeah, of course. Like I told you two weeks ago, it's, it's I'm just gonna hang out with the guys. Maybe once a month, I want to do this so that mm-hmm. way I can reset, yeah. reboot mentally. Sure. She's like, I, I don't think it's a good idea for you to go. Why not? I just I just think you, you need to stay home so we can solve our issues. We had an entire day to solve our issues. We got into an argument like at 8 a.m. We had an entire day. Why now? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go with this. I'm, I'm not going to allow. This you need to, to blow off some steam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna it. go out. I'm not gonna go out and mess around with women. I'm just with my guys, and these are the guys that I, I would trust with my life. Channing, sure. one of the guys that you know, he's the one who brought me to Christ. I'm not gonna. Sure. He's gonna hold me accountable. Get there. I'm in line, and same exact thing. Long message. Mm-hmm. If you don't get your ass home, you can consider this relationship it's just nonsense. So in that moment, what do you do? You know, what do you do? Do you do you? Do you have your wall up, your pride up, and say, you know what? I'm gonna stand my ground. I'm gonna release steam, and I'll I'll, t- I'll, I'll take care of this in the morning because I know she's emotional. Yeah. But now you do that, you go into the bar, the lounge, restaurant, wherever you may go, and now the entire night for you is ruined because now you're just sitting there. It's in the back of your head. Your boards are having a great time. There's okay. Let me yeah. play. Let me play devil's advocate though. Yeah. Okay. Um, where do you and your boys typically hang out? Restaurant, Club? restaurants or lounges? Not not clubs. Nowhere they there's. Bottle service, just restaurants or lounges, cigar gotcha. lounges, mm-hmm. or just restaurants where they have music in the background. We can, yeah. you, sure. you hear the music, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's nothing like bottle service or yeah, yeah. women trying to dance with you. Just somewhere you can actually have a conversation. Did she know that? Of course, of course, because during that time, I mean, <laughs> my friends know 
all my friends know and my family knows okay. that if I'm in a relationship, mm-hmm. there's no need for me to have yeah. contact with women outside of yeah. my family circle. And by the way, and I agree, because now if she doubts you, yeah. right? Yeah. She, and now she's basically saying, I don't trust you. Yeah. You're like, what are you talking about? Now, now I'm a liar? So now those, now those insecurities start leaking now. Sure. Completely. Yeah. So now you start questioning, wait, so it, who are you truly? Because, they, you know, when, when you get into a relationship with someone, whether man, man or woman, everyone wants to put up this performance. You look great. Mm-hmm. I'm great. I'm not, I'm not toxic. I'm not broken. I don't have traumas. I don't have insecurities. And then now you get comfortable. Now you feel comfortable enough to take off that mask. We all wear a mask in the very beginning, or at least you, we try not to, but it happens subconsciously. Mm-hmm. We, wear, we wear a mask. Or not, you, put, you put your best, best foot forward, your best face forward. Right. So now you, now, now you get comfortable. Now mm-hmm. you, you, you stop wearing your makeup. Now you stop looking, dressing up for your, for your man or for the men. Now you stop putting up this front of a gentleman. You take off the mask, and they're like, yeah. who did I fall in love with? Yeah. Who is this person? Yeah. So now that's where relationships start, start getting rocky, and that's where the whole concept of is no longer an emotional thing. It's no longer the honeymoon stage. Yeah. Now it's about loving as a choice. Gotcha. Make the decision through all these hard times. But I wanted to actually connect with connect these two videos to the video that I told Jordan to uh, look up right now. If you can Stick pull it up. up. I have a lot of quibbles with Andrew Tate. This is not one of them. It's getting harder and harder as a man to even find the most basic human function of re- reproduction. Even to just find a woman you can reproduce with. You also couple that with the fact that they've destroyed morality in women also. So when you destroy the morality in men and you destroy how a man should act and then you destroy how a woman should act, it's, they're go, you're both going in the opposite direction. Most women out there are very happy to share a man who's just rich and famous and they don't, they don't care. So, so if you're the normal guy, you know, there's, there's this rich famous guy with 30 girls, that's 29 dudes who are lonely. Right, what, he, what he's saying here is absolutely true, that the, that the big imbalance between men and women, which has been created by the sexual revolution in which men and women were not expected to marry one another and then pair off one-on-one, has created tremendous imbalances just population-wide. And also, he's correct, that obviously you have to be more successful in order to achieve appeal to women in today's day and age because they have many more options with regard to men. Also, because men aren't pairing up one-to-one with women, women aren't pairing up one-to-one with men. That, that's just statistically reality. And I, and I think that for, for, for what his last point, you know, if you're a big baller, you have a lot of money, you're out on a dating scene, you know, women are okay sharing you. Like, that's a literal fact. I've seen it happen where I have a, guy, a buddy of mine who's multimillionaire. He's not married. He's a bachelor. He's 41 years old. He's a bachelor. And he's always sending me the, like, all these pictures and where he goes and who he's hanging out with. And he's with, like, multiple women at a time. I'm like, dude, I thought you were dating this girl. He's like, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't care because, you know, my situation. And now she brought her friend. <laughs> so it's all these things. But now the problem is... And why, why a lot of these young men are having problems with the relationships. The, a lot of these young men who are broke, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying that's the correct thing to do. I, I don't think that you should, I think there's certain lines that you shouldn't cross just because you have money. It doesn't mean that you should take advantage of your status. But a lot of these young men, they're trying to pull the same stunt while working at a Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be working at a Chick-fil-A and expect to pull the same game as a guy who's deep in, into, into his cash. You can't expect to have Lamborghini energy driving a Toyota Corolla from like 2002. Like you can't expect that. You, you you need to be able to start somewhere. Man, manner still, uh, they, 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 manner still matter, matter. You know the way you carry yourself still matters. You know being chivalrous still matters. You know having morals and principles at any age still matter. Unfortunately, some women just care more about that security, that safety, and they're more materialistic in certain areas mm-hmm. that they don't care if they're getting treated as the second or third person in a relationship or in the picture. Because at the end of the day, the guy's going to provide financially if they just ask for it. And this is where the breakdown is, because if you don't have, if you don't, let's look at another Pew Research report. Let's take a look at this one. In U.S., decline of Christianity continues at a rapid pace. 
So less people are going to church. And if you're less people join, in 1962, they removed um, prayer from schools. Yeah. I posted on Instagram back in the day. I went to school, and we got up and we said, I pledge allegiance to the flag. Yep. Did you go to school and said, yep. really? So, so you'd still had yeah. pledge of allegiance to school? Mm-hmm. Today, what do you think they have? No pledge of allegiance to school. It was usually during second period or like second hour. Of the, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the lack of faith has eroded in America. The lack of patriotism in America has eroded. The lack of order, the lack of structure, lack of the right type of alignment. You know, alignment defines your assignment. So if this morality and these values and principles are eroding, then we have this type of situation. <clears throat> and more people today gain their values and principles from where? Social media. Yeah. More people today are getting their news from where? Social media. That's why we're doing this on social media. So if there's enough negative noise out there on social media, guess what we want to be? We want to be a positive noise. We want to be, we want to be a light in a darkness. We're praying that, that's, that this podcast serves that purpose. And we want to be able to show, hey, listen, there's, we'll talk about these issues because we deal with these issues all the time too as well. But hey, there's also a way to turn the ship around because if you want happiness, enjoyment, fulfillment, and trust in your relationships, it can't happen the way it's going today. Have you heard of this guy named Adam 22? Yes. Okay. Let's yeah. take a look at this article. It's Adam 22. Decides he's doing porn with his wife, Lena. You know, she says, she's because apparently in porn, don't know much about it, but in porn, she's always doing girl, 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 right? Okay. Now, the reason why I bring this up because everybody's talking about this stuff. So I have to put a faith-based perspective because a man's got to show up, us. We're going to show up and provide our thoughts on this. So she says, okay, now they get married. You know what she says? I think I should have sex with a man, right? And guess what he does? He gets his brother to do his wife, right? And now... He's like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Bro, you're not cool. He's not cool. Hell no, he's You're cool. not cool. Bro, you're lying your ass up. You're cool having some other guy stab your wife. He went, and he went to the top of the food chain when, he come, when it comes to stuff like yeah. that, right? They, they, Visually speaking, he can never see his wife the same way. Yeah. I could never see my wife. If my wife even gets, if even if she's flirting with somebody, I can't look at my wife the same way. Yeah. My, wife, my wife will never do that because she knows that's never a boundary she'll cross. Did anybody buy her a Lamborghini? <laughs> like after that, actually, yeah. Hey, hey this fancy sets us up. Nice Lamborghini. Now, by the way, this guy apparently. She said, yeah, man, I was the guy that did, and I was talking shit. Yeah. yeah. He's like, wait, 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 we respected you. We we allowed you to enter our marriage, and now you want to talk smack about us? Of course. We now he's wondering why he's got the drama. He invited him in. He invited him in. Of course, he's going to talk a lot of smack. And so, a man would never allow. That to happen, let alone, I don't know, bro, you need to probably get out that life. Yeah. She, if you want to get married, so what does marriage mean to porn stars? Is what, another evolution of just... Just um, emotional support? What, what is they Emotional safety? Stars? What is it based on? Yeah. It's not a marriage. It's made by state, but not married by faith. And to me, marriage is a faith contract, not a... It's a covenant. It's a covenant. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. Get married by a state, that's a contract because people can divorce. Yeah. The only reason why divorce is in the Bible is because of her, what? Sexual immorality and adultery. I think, I think for, like, for, for, for a lot of people, um, and this is also a study that I, I, I couldn't find as you were talking, I was trying to look for it. But a lot of people who have multiple sex partners, and when I say multiple, I mean a, a high count, or it's easy for someone to lay with someone without really overthinking it. Mm-hmm. 
is because they've been over-sexualized their entire lives. Mm -hmm. From a very young age, mm -hmm. they were exposed to sex. They got yep. they, what they saw, what they experienced, what happened to them, what they did to others. Now, sex is no longer considered an intimate thing for myself. It's a casual that, thing. That's something that happened, happened to me. And for a while, yeah. sex was just sex. And, it's, and although I was in a relationship, I was engaged, sex was just sex. And forgive me for oversharing this, but there was a time when we were, in, we're, we're, we're being intimate, my, my partner and I, and, and again, forgive me for, 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 for the words I'm going to utilize. She stopped me. She's like, hey, man. She's like, when are you going to make love to me? And I'm like, we're doing it right now. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, when are you going to make love to me? Every time we have sex, you're not making love to me. You're fucking me. I don't want to be fucked by my fiance. I, wanna, I want you to make love to me. Most yeah. revolutionized. Yeah. Most revolutionizing <laughs> moment I've ever experienced in my life. I didn't know what it, what it meant, but I had to come to the realization that sex was just an act for me. It was just a practice, something that just felt good, that released yeah. dopamine, that made me feel good about mm -hmm. myself. Because what ended up happening was after that relationship ended, I went through a little a little season of, all right, let me just go explore. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, sex was just sex. But when that person tried to sit down and have mm -hmm. a conversation with me. Yeah cuddle hold my hand mm -hmm. put their head on my chest yeah just talk to me intimately i'm like no 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 I, i'm sorry i don't kiss i don't hug we just had sex i know but i can't hug you i can't talk to you like i don't want to talk to you i don't want to hug you like that's yeah. too intimate to me yeah. to me holding hands hugging sharing being in each other's space to me that's intimate or it was intimate but sex was just another act mm. of pleasure yeah. And I had come to a really hard realization as a man, for a lot of the guys out there who are anti-women and hate the women movement, you also need to understand that you need to be able to check yourself too. We're, you know, and just for, especially the guys are just going out there in their 20s, slanging and dinging their, 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 their jewels around. First of all, it's disgusting, hopefully using protection, but I know a lot of you guys aren't because a lot of people believe in raw dogging nowadays. But I really hope you're using protection. Number two, I really hope you're not going out there because it is draining. Energy-wise, sex is very draining. That's why it takes the right person to be able to lay with. That's why after you're done, ha you're done having sex, you feel empty. You feel lost. You feel like, well, what did I do? You feel so disgusted with yourself. So disappointed, high five, but yet so disappointed yeah. because of all, all, all that you're doing. And you need to be able to understand, uh, truly understand that sex is more of an emotional connection with your partner. It feels 10 times better, and you can vouch for this. You're, 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 you've mm -hmm. been married. You have kids with this woman. And without crossing any boundaries and by asking you this or telling you this, you can definitely vouch, I would assume, that having sex with your wife of X yeah. amount of years yeah. feels so much better because there's an emotional and mental connection, spiritual connection, versus someone that you met when you were in your early 20s and yeah. you had sex with that person one yeah. time. Plus, plus, I'm serving her. Yeah. When, when I'm with my wife, I'm, and I'm, I'm making love to her. Yeah. Your term. Yeah. There's a deeper level of intimacy I've never experienced before. And then, you know, as a guy, I was like, okay, you're about to get married. You're about to give up all the opportunities in the world. Yeah. You know, but that's the best thing that happened to me. Because yeah. there's a level of depth, commitment, and intimacy, and confidence that I have. Say, so, you know what? I've committed myself to this woman, yeah. and subconsciously, that commitment has led into other things. Yeah. Right. And and if society continues to sexualize women and reward them, let's take a look at this article. A woman threw her 36 G. She's not a D. She's not a double D. She's a G. G. Oh, I Drake the the bra thing. Yeah. She throws her bra on stage to Drake. Hats off to Drake. He kept doing his thing. But what happened? Playboy contacted her and gave her a deal. No way. Right? He gave her a deal. So if, I, if I'm a young woman and I'm looking at this, looking at this shit, what am I thinking? I want to make some money. I, right? Only fans. I'm getting yeah. rewarded for this shit. Yeah. 
Uh, what's what's her name? The girl. Uh, what's that girl? She was like 14, 15 years old when she went on uh, Doctor Phil. Uh, uh, Cash me outside. How about that? Yeah. Right. That I, little ga- the little freaking ghetto ass you know girl that doesn't listen to her mom. Well, guess what? Society did. They rewarded her. And then she leveraged that. I think she was one of the top income earners on Only. Like that. I, I, by the way, I've never gotten OnlyFans. This is uh, news research. I'm just preparing for this podcast. She is the number one of the top income earners making. Bad buddy. Right. She's uh, making millions of dollars. On OnlyFans. And because society is rewarding the sexualization of women. Do you honestly think you're ever going to marry a woman like that? This guy, he lets another woman, even though that's her job, their occupation, you think your wife who's a porn star, you think it's going to be easy between husband and wife to get along together? What about the explanation to your kids? Bro, step up and be a man. And stand up for what's right. You know deep down inside, even though if it's her job, you know it's right. You don't want her to sleep with no other dude. You'll never see your wife the same way ever again. And then you got, back in your mind, you got this comparison game. Right? You got this comparison game with this guy. But, but was I just as good as this guy? Oh, that will kill a man inside. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And by the way, this dude bigger, this guy was obviously bigger than him. Right? And so, because he selected this schlong to, you know, specifically to see with his wife, to make a lot of money. <clears throat> now you're feeling the repercussions. As much as you try, did you see the movie back in the day? I was just called, uh, uh, anyways, it was, it was with uh, um, Mark Wahlberg. Um, it's a movie back in the day. Anyway, it was a, it was a porn star movie. And anyway, it's like his wife was sleeping around with everybody and just having casual sex with everybody. At the end of the day, at the end of the movie, I can't remember what the name of the movie is. He knew his wife was a porn star. And next thing you know, they're having parties at the house and everybody's sleeping with his wife. Right? Mm-hmm. Because to her, sex is just kissing. To him, what? Now you're violating my territory. You're, you're violating something that's mine. And what's he doing in this movie? Boogie, uh, it's called Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. That, that scene, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was uh, Robert Reynolds, right? Robert Reynolds, he, uh, he ends Mark up shooting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he ends up shooting the guy. Yeah. Because even though that's her job, because you go back to your, 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 your instinct. So we're praying for our men and women today. Find you some Jesus. Find your faith. Guys, if, if, for those of you looking for a manual on how to track the right woman, Open up Proverbs. Open up Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character. Not one million followers on Instagram. Uh, what's the young lady at, uh, she's the uh, LSU gymnast. Um, anyway, this LSU gymnast, Olivia Dunn, she signed an NILD. She's making millions of dollars because these college athletes now can get paid. 20 year olds. 20 she's old. making millions of dollars as a gymnast. She can't even go to class right now. Because she's being harassed by all these fellow college students and, and boys harassing her. And, and by the way, she goes perform. These 12, 13, 14-year-old boys are following her. Olivia Dunn, Olivia Dunn, right? But a bunch of fanboys out there. Hey, be men. Do your part. Stand up for what you feel is right. That's not right. And when you're looking at how far society has fallen. So I said, you know what? There needs to be an injection. So I came across this video. And um, lots of moms don't like it, but I think, you know what? Let them do it. Let's take a look at this video about these boys in sports today. What should we have boys do more of in sports? Let's take a look at this. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Is you ready? Oh, here we go, baby. You you Field hockey, ready? taking it off. Is you ready? Oh, Let's go. Ready? What you got? What oh, you got? Oh, they're allowing it. Huh? They're allowing it. Come on. What you got? Oh, All right? No, look at this. No, no, Boom, no, shot. No Shot, right? Field hockey. Shot, shot. Boom. Boom. Take it right. Boom. Right? Hang on to that jersey. Control the jersey. Boom. 
Boom. Boom. Oh, piss me off. I piss you off. Let's go. Let's go. Toe to toe, baby. Okay. They're done. They're done. Watch this. Are you ready? No shit. Watch that. You see that? Let them fight. And then what happens? Sportsmanship, right? They shake on it. Right. <laughs> well, what, 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 uh, there was, I saw another a video where uh, uh, a mom was watching her son in a wrestling match, and the kid was pitting her son. Mm. And she jumps right in to make sure her son wasn't because she went, I don't want to hurt my boy. You just demasculated your son. In front of a lot your son of needed people. to take that loss to feel what it's like to be a future man one day. And a man needs to, need, needs to know what to do with he faces a loss. And that's what a lot of people today don't want to feel. Loss, failure, you're not winning. That's part of the success journey. Your thoughts on letting more fighting in sports? I'm all for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. I think, I think just from, from the medical aspect, the science aspect, I'm all, I'm all for it. Just, I'm not a big fan of kids getting, getting blows to the head because yeah. of their brain development. Aside yeah. from that, man, I, I yeah. think it, it's definitely a great opportunity to build character and to you know, yeah. toughen up a little bit. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's and, a, and by the way, look at them. After yeah. the fight, what happened? Yeah. We cool. Yeah. Right? It, not, not think about this. Now they're getting fight in the street. Yeah. Right? They take not, that from the sports. Now the they won't be scared to actually get a punch in the face. Yeah. They know what it feels like. For sure. It's scared to get into a fight if you have no idea how it's going to feel to get hit in the face. And you're going to be embarrassed in front of everybody. Exactly. You might as well not get into it. Exactly. So uh, let's take a look at this other video because the most important thing in terms of raising your child is the environment that they're in. Let's take a look at this video. You had more to do with your child's life by where you chose to live mm. than by anything you will ever do inside that home. Short of abuse, neglect, or malnutrition, the rest of it is just trivial variation. It's where you live. Why? Because out-of-home influences are more powerful in shaping the life course of your child than in-home influences are. And those out-of-home influences are peer groups, other adults, neighborhoods, resources, schools, and the larger community that you made available to this child. That is how you shape your child's life course. The second biggest influence is also out of your hands, and that's genetics. And you don't get to determine that. Now, do not mistake what I'm saying. The knowledge your child possesses, what they know is clearly a function of exposure in the environment. But their traits, their abilities, their makeup, their personality is not. That's it, bro. I mean, th think about the, if, if mom, this is another reason why for you to consider entrepreneurship, go in business for yourself. Not only are you going to be more confident in terms of your financial freedom, you know, slash retirement, your financial freedom, but now you get to dictate where you raise your kids. Now, if, if I go in my neighborhood, bro, compared to where we lived in Berman Cicero and in, in Bellwood in Chicago. Bro, when you come to my house, right, you see a guarded a guy that's strapped. He's got a gun and a gate. you got to be let in. Yeah. How does it feel to, just to drive in the neighborhood as a guest of mine coming to the house? Do yeah. you feel safe? Yeah, of course. Right? You think they'll let any riffraff inside that neighborhood? Definitely not, man, no. Versus a neighborhood where there's, where there's no sense of community or safety, right? Yeah. And sadly today... People aren't meeting their neighbors because they're so too busy with life. So where you raise your kids got a lot to do with it because eight to nine hours a day, guess what they're spending? In school, around other friends. Yep. So if you are not happy or confident with the public school system or the neighborhood you live in, this is a further red flashing signs for you to make a move in your finances and consider something that you're not comfortable doing. Uh, say you're raising your kids. The type of environment you want them. Now, people say, well, I'm going to always raise my head. I want them to experience the same four, five, six blocks I had when I, I grew up. What's your thoughts on that? It might be opposite. I don't know. You know, I, 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 uh, as, far, as far as schooling, 
you know, again, like you said, eight, nine, ten hours of, uh, of their of their day goes into school. So to me, it's more of when I talk to a real estate agent, or if I, you know, whenever that day comes, or trying to figure out what school to put them into. It more, me, it's more of I don't. It's not so much about the safety for me. It's more of, and I get. I know maybe these stats aren't out there, and maybe this is something that could potentially happen one day. But I want to know the, like the mental health of the community. Mm. How are you know who you know, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Are they a Christian? Are they a Muslim? Mm-hmm. Are they right mentally? Mm-hmm. You know, have they ever been to a psych ward? Are they on any drugs? On anything for anxiety? Like, what's going on in their house? Is it mom and dad? So, so it is safety. Yeah. So you're looking for safety. So you don't think about safety, but you're looking for mental health. But what is that directly? Safety, but it's more internal safety. Like, okay, great. I live in in, in a neighborhood where there's a gay community, a guard, mm-hmm. and everyone around everyone around uh, my, my around my household are financially mm-hmm. well off people. Great, fantastic. Yep. But are the mom and dad still together? Are yeah. do they fall on principles, or are they yep. in a dirty game? Are you know is the mom on on all these pills, and is, is the dad on Xanax? And because there's a lot of abuse and a lot of neglect at home. How often are the kids actually being taken care of by their parents versus being alone for an entire month on on end, on end because the mom and dad mm-hmm. are always out, out of the country traveling for work? Yeah. So the, that matters a lot too because now that neglected kid who's at home who has a lot of cash, a lot of money in, in a safe neighborhood, that kid go, goes to a school, a private school who parents are paying about $56,000 a year for. They go to a school, but they're still mentally fucked. Mm-hmm. So now here comes your kid, you know, yeah. nice, great Christian yeah. household and all right, I'm stern, I'm set. Yeah, I'm still a kid. I'm still mm-hmm. mature, but I'm here. I'm 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 grounded. Here comes Timmy from the fucking best household yeah. with their parents' net worth is so high, but yet yeah. internally they're so broken. That effect, you know, that effect can still trickle into your kid yeah. and affect the way they think, the way they perceive life, the way they feel about themselves. Yeah. But yet we're thinking, great, he's in a, he's in a big great school. None of that's going to affect my kid. Versus now. Yeah. You know, a kid goes to a public school where there's a lot of modest people who go there because they can't afford, you know, private school. It's you know, it, it's public. Mm-hmm. It's not a great neighborhood, but yet, if you notice, a lot of people who are financially going through a struggle, a lot of them are more in tune with their, you know, with their spirituality and God versus the people who financially are doing mm-hmm. better for themselves because they feel interesting, right? So now you take them to that public school where a lot of the parents are in tune. They understand the, the, the logic of hard work and unison as a family because they're cultural people, especially the the brown community. You know, certain specific communities. Now they're in dad school, but now their friend circles are more like, hey man, because that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I went to a public school and it was a shitty school. Yes, there was a lot of things going on, but I still had a circle of people who were like, hey yo, you know, we don't have much, but come over for, for, for dinner. Or we don't have much, but come over and play video games. Our parents are working. And then when the parents would come home, it's like, hey, you should go with my son to Bible study on Friday, to youth night, right? Things of that nature. So I think it's regardless of the, the community on the safety when it comes down to net worth, I guess. Yep. I think more, me is more of like, all right, well, who are my neighbors? The, the, what you're talking about now is being more involved, yeah. being an involved parent. It's one thing to pay for it. You're absolutely right. Be involved. You got to get involved. And sometimes people today aren't involved because they're tired from their job, they're tired yeah. from the business, they're yeah. tired from everything else. They don't want to be involved. They want to delegate everything else. To you. Like you delegate the raising of your children to the coach. You delegate the raising of your children to the teachers. You delegate the raising of yeah. your children to the pastor. No, you're the mom and dad. And I'll talk to the dads. You're the father. You're the dad. Set the example. Now, I made a lot of mistakes in my life and to this day my older kids I still talk to them Listen, what, 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 what do you remember as a kid what do you remember as a kid and I'm asking them this question because I want to become better as a dad I want to become better as a dad and the mm. more oddly enough the more I have kids the better dad I think I'm becoming obviously my kids are going to be the ultimate judge of that but I think I'm getting more confident as a dad that's why she was like okay babe why I have some more kids and I'm like wow you know because what isn't in my mind right now money the environment 
community. Yep. If I want to have some kids, shh, why not? And uh, I'm open to it. So who knows? You know, we might take a trip somewhere, and moments later we we'll come back with a souvenir, <laughs> just uh, like we yeah. do with Jordan. So, guys, we talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, what's your thoughts? Your feedback? Uh, final thoughts, bro, on on his, on his podcast, and uh, we can, what we can expect for next week. Don't expect the goal that you're trying to reach to be an easy journey. Progress will continually continually equal happiness. And it's the, the more you lock into the idea of what it's going to take to get there versus what you're trying to achieve, you're going to be better equipped and better suited for the entire thing that you're trying you're about to go through. And but above all things, you need to be able to find clarity. You don't succeed because you have absolutely no clarity on where where you're headed. Yeah. When we sit down and jot down all the dreams, all the you know aspirations that you have, whether it's financially, family, mentally, your per- personal self, career, whatever the case may be, and you actually get clear on every single thing you're trying to do, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for you to get to that point without any type of burnout or discouragement. Same to that, bro. Hey, guys, if you find yourself ever in the worst position, you're actually in the best position. Because that's where the opportunity where you can go up there and you can seek God and God wants to help you out. And when you seek wisdom, you seek understanding. Instead of saying, I got this, I got this all the time. When you're in the worst position, you're more humble to opt into that. So stay encouraged out there. I know we're going through a lot of stuff in society. But that being said, we want to continue to bring examples and topics to help encourage you in your journey to finding, being financially free and being a faith-made millionaire. With that being said, thanks for tuning in to the Millionaire, millionaire Goals podcast. Um, we'll probably have a show next Friday because I have a special meeting in Austin, Texas next Wednesday. So I may not be here for next Wednesday, but just stay tuned to our YouTube channel, Millionaire Goals podcast, where we'll stream live and uh, we'll let you know uh, when next thing. I believe it's going to be next Friday. We'll let yeah. you know. Make sure you follow Milton here on Instagram too as well. That being said, Please drop your thoughts, your comments, subscribe to the Millionaire Goals Podcast. Until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be money smart today. See you next week. Bye-bye.